listening to Resonance 104.4 FM. It's www.resonancefm. This is the Bike Snob of New York City, and you're listening to The Bike Show on Resonance FM 104.4. Summertime, and the living is easy. Fish are jumping, and the cotton is high. Your dad is rich And your mom is good looking So hush, pretty baby Well, welcome to another edition of The Bike Show, and it might be the middle of February, but I tell you, on Saturday, it felt like summertime. Well, almost, spring at least. I was out rolling with the Dulwich Paragon for a, a nice leisurely ride over the, um, the uh, hills of southeast London. Um, saw one or two farm animals out in there. I got, managed to get out in the fields after about um, 20 miles outside London, so um, that was very nice. A um, bit of sunshine. Um, and uh, beautiful blue skies. Well, yes, on the bike show this week, uh, it's been long awaited and long overdue, but we're going to be covering the phenomenon that is bicycle polo. Yes, it's the latest craze that's sweeping the nation. Well, at least it's uh, sweeping the children's playgrounds of um, northeast London. And um, it was with great pleasure that I went along um, to uh, watch some polo action. Um, more of that in a little while on the bike show. But first, I wanted to um, uh, account for some of the, uh, the history, the veritable heritage of uh, the sport of bicycle polo, which apparently goes back to the 1890s. But um, in one of my favourite books uh, by Patrick Lee Fermer called Between the Woods and the Water, which uh, many of you might have read, it's a story basically of uh, how he, uh, Patrick Lee Fermer, at the age of 18 or 19, I think, um, walked across Europe from um, 
the UK um, were obviously taking the boat to the continent um, and then ended up in uh, Istanbul, um, basically walking a lot across Europe, you know, getting by as best he could along the way. Um, at this point in the book, uh, Patrick Lee Fermer is staying with some Hungarian nobility out in a big house near the border with Slovakia. And it goes as follows. Great wings formed a courtyard, and from a terrace leading to a ceremonial door, branching and balustraded steps descended in a sweep. As I was crossing this Place d'Arme, several people were coming down the steps, and one of them was Count Yoshi. Forewarned by Laszlo, he spotted me at once. He waved a greeting and cried, You're just what we need. Come along. I followed him and others across the yard to a shed. Have you ever played bike polo? He asked, catching me by the elbow. I had played a version of it at school with walking sticks and a tennis ball on the hard tennis courts. It was thought rather disreputable. But here they had real polo sticks cut down to the right size and a proper polo ball and the shed was full of battered but sturdy machines. Yoshi was my captain and a famous player of the real game called Bethlen had the rival team. Two other guests and footmen and a groom were the rest of the players. The game was quick, reckless and full of collisions but there was nothing to match the joy of hitting the ball properly. It made a loud smack and gave one the tempting glimmer of what the real thing might be like. I couldn't make out why all the shins weren't barked to the bone, nor why, as one of the goals backed onto the house, none of the windows were broken. The other side won, but we scored four goals, and when the Iron Maltese cats were back in their sheds, we limped back to the steps, where Countess Denise and her sister Cecile and some others had been leaning on the balustrade like ladies gazing down into the lists. Well, that's a passage from Patrick Lee Firmer's Between the Woods and the Water about bicycle polo, but I went up um, a couple of uh, weekends ago, well, in fact, it was last weekend, the weekend before last, to um, the court up in uh, de Beauvoir town to a special Valentine's Day two-on-two tournament that was going on at that time to find out what bicycle polo in the 21st century is all about. five-a-side court, usually found like on estates or in communities, um, so it's a hard court. Um, play with three people on each team, so there's three on either side, and it's first team to five goals wins. Um, ball gets set in the center, everybody lines up, um, each team lines up on their side, just inside the D, which is a little circle around the goal, and you count down three, two, one, polo, and at polo, generally one member of each team charges the ball to gain control. You can't touch the ground with your foot. If you do, then you exit the game and you tap out at the sideline and then return back to the game. Um, after every goal, the game's pretty much reset. The scoring team returns to their goal and the conceding team takes possession of the ball and game's on. The mallet is a long cylinder that we usually use like water piping for attached to a ski pole. Um, and you can play with any surface on the mallet. But to score a goal, it has to come off the round end of a mallet, which is called a hit. And that's the only way you can score. Contact is only like to like. So mallet to mallet, bike to bike, person to person. All other contact is forbidden. And so what happens if someone commits a foul? They get yelled at and shunned by the community. 
the most important thing is balance because one of the main rules is you can't touch the ground with your with your foot so if you can stay in your bike at a standstill uh, what we call a track stand that's one of the most important skills necessary to the game and being able to concentrate gain up the speed and concentrate enough to actually look and see where you're going to hit the ball uh, a very small ball as well with a small mallet so yeah balance is complete that's I also think skill. being a bit fearless is important because you do you have six people that are going around a court all aiming at each other so I, I think you do have to have a bit of no fear remembering that it's not that far to fall so what makes a good player? Um, somebody that can ride quite well get out of tight corners and somebody that's got a bit of balls really it tends to be the vision like knowing where the ball is or where the ball's going to be or where your your, your players are going to be as well really sort of uh, judging what's going on really it's, it's really vital it's not so much about the skill or about how quickly you can ride or how quickly you can stop it's about like envisioning what's going to happen you can ride you can ride anything you want i mean if you look around the bikes here today you'll see i mean there'll be kids on mountain bikes single speed mountain bikes or um fixed gear bikes is the most common uh, most people ride a, a converted fixed gear or single speed road bike um fixed gear generally is a bit better because you got more stability you don't have to touch your foot down all the time because you've got more balance a longer wheelbase having your wheels farther apart is good because it means that you've got more stability again better turning radius um short handlebars so that you don't bump into people but everybody's got different bikes everybody's got very different bikes so have a really light gear as light gear as possible and a brake's quite handy i tried brakeless <laughs> for a while and i'm back to brakes now a good team has to be pretty balanced and you got to be able to read each other's minds so if you have one speedy person and one who's a great shot that's going to be make a great team you know and then you have someone who's really good at defense what really makes a good team is their ability to pass and know where each other are on the court and their ability to be really fluid on the court so that if someone's in goal and all of a sudden the ball opens up on the left-hand side, say, one of the one of the, the generally attacking players will shift in behind the goalie, give the goalie a chance to go chase the ball, um, and there's a lot of fluidity around the court. I mean, a team such as um, Bad, for example, Dave Tet is a really, really good defender and a really, really good goalie. Um, but he also has a really good shot and can move around the court really well. So I think fluidity is really the key. It's quick and it's fast. It's perfect for the sort of ADD generation. <laughs> you know, you, it, your game is over before you even knew it was starting. And uh, for me, it's all about the community. It's a happy bunch of people that are all getting together to do something that's quite silly. And, and it, it's a fun day out. It's definitely the camaraderie and the DIY aspect of it. I mean, all our mallets are personalized because, you know, you make them yourself out of maybe an old ski pole, some golf clubs, a bit of uh, tubing. It's, and all the bikes. All the and, bikes yeah. are, you know, just a mismatch of parts. Complete Franken uh, bikes. <laughs> they are. Bikes. Yeah. <laughs> down in the corner he dribbles the ball up to half court Matt is trying to spoil his approach lovely pass lovely pass to his partner there she passes back but he's unable to re unable to receive it's a turnover Vic on the charge oh 
Oh, and Matt gets the ball under his front wheel. He's out. Hassan with a breakaway. Open goal, and he scores. A fantastic goal <laughs> by Hassan now. 2-0, and here is Matt down in the corner on the opposing team. Hassan goes for the tackle. Matt's down. The ball is with Hassan. It's a breakaway opportunity. And Hassan across the half court, looking to pass, looking to pass, out pass. Emma with the shots and a save by Matt. Hand on the wall, tap out. Hand on the wall, tap out. Tap out twice. Ball now in the corner. It's chaos. Emma with the open goal and oh, a fail. Ball is retrieved by. Vic, Matt bringing the ball up to the half court, looking for the passing opportunity. Dribbles past Hassan. Is he going to pass to his partner? No. Takes the long shot. Fails. Hassan picking up the loose ball up to the half court. Looks for his partner. She's on his right. She is a lefty. Perfect opportunity for a pass. He doesn't take it. Matt intercepts. Open goal. Breakaway and all. Oh, a fantastic recovery by Hassan. Picks up the ball in the corner. Breakaway opportunity again. He takes it. All he needs to do is tap the ball back gently. Yes, and he scores. That's a game to Hassan and Emma. I was coming down the right hand side and I saw the ball coming towards me and I tried but you know got it <laughs> and hit it you let rip from about <laughs> about 30 feet um yeah i mean i've been playing for a while and i finally just got a new polo bike put together so i guess that's helping a lot getting my game better and what makes a good bike well it's a mixed match of parts pretty much everything about it shouldn't fit together <laughs> but somehow it does and it's really spinny so I've got a really big chain ring on a really small chain ring on the front and a really big hog on the back so it's a very low gear yeah, very low gear why is that useful um because I'm riding fixed gear it makes it easier to like go faster forward and then to stop really fast if I need to just come off court we uh, just had a tricky game against Tony and Josh the two they're two yeah tricky <laughs> uh, yeah it was good good game what was the score at the end 3-1, so yeah, it was good, it was good. Aiden's, we're both lefties, which is a bit weird, so like, we're always in each other's way, which is quite nice. I like that. <laughs> so how was that game? It was very good. It was quick. It was, I actually touched the ball a couple times, which is impressive for me. I'm just learning, so yeah. You had, you, there was a desperately tantalising moment up there where you were in front of the goal, and, and it just... Almost had it, almost had it. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm getting the amount of control down. I can pass a bit, but shooting, I just haven't got that down yet, so... Well, that was some uh, sounds from the bicycle polo, uh, which was not the league, uh, the official league, but a kind of a one-off Valentine's Day two-on-two um, competition.
Um, but um, there is a league going on, and that is culminating towards a European Championships of Bicycle Polo, uh, which is taking place this year in London. And to find out more about that, I spoke with Roxy Erickson. There's lots of tournaments all over Europe, which is really exciting this year. There's um, the Cycle Messenger Championships in Berlin, and uh, there's a tournament in Paris, another tournament in Rouen, uh, in France. And then it all sort of... Uh, comes to a head here in London because we won the bid to host the first ever European Hardcourt Bike Polo Championships. So that's that's really going to be exciting. It's first weekend of August, and uh, it'll be a whole weekend of of one big tournament, two days, two courts. Should be great. And if you wanted to compete in that, how would you have to qualify? Competing in it, it's going to be hard. You, we're, we're still working on the, the exact format, but you're going to have to, uh, it's going to be limited for different cities from all over Europe. So London's probably only going to be able to put forth, say, four teams. So it'll probably be the four best teams from the league, or, or we'll have a mini tournament beforehand that picks the best teams. So London, London, your chances of, uh, of, of being from London in the championships is almost nil. <laughs> but you can come and watch. If that's the elite level, for people who like the idea of coming along to play, what's the best day and time and place for them to come along to have a tryout? Uh, well, we always say Sunday at Brick Lane. Brick Lane and Shacklewell Street. We have a court there that we've been playing at for two years. We're out every single Sunday afternoon. So we, we always try to show up about noon, but it's more likely someone will be there from about two. And, uh, and it's a great place for new people to come and play. And what kind of bike should they bring with them? A really bad bike. We, we trash our bikes, so it's always our dirtiest, nittiest, grimiest bikes that kind of run with bent wheels and uh, squeaky brakes. Well, that was Roxy Erickson, one of the prime movers behind London Hardcourt Bicycle Polo, to give it its formal title. Um, There's a lot of bicycle polo going on around the city and um, around Europe and the world, it seems. Um, If you want to play, as Roxy said, the best place to turn up as a kind of newbie is um, to the Brick Lane session, which is on a Sunday afternoon from um, approximately one o'clock in the afternoon. And the court there is on the corner of Brick Lane and Shacklewale and Shacklewell Street, London E2. But there are games going on and regular uh, sessions going on in different parts of London. And I will attempt to put um, links up to where you can find out more information about that on The Bike Show's website, which is www.thebikeshow. And uh, this goes out to all The Bike Show listeners who are bicycle polo players.
Well, the fantastic Betty Harris, of course, there with her version of the Lee Dorsey classic, Ride Your Pony, which um, is one of my favourites. I think that's actually a pretty good version, Betty Harris. I think I, I, I like that one more than the Lee Dorsey one. Is that sacrilege? No, of course not. <laughs> anyway, that is a bicycle polo, and I have no doubt that we'll be returning to the subject as the uh, year warms up and the competition heats up, heading towards that European Championships um, in the first week of August, first weekend of August. Now, something that has been on my mind, and I want to confess to you listeners, is that I'm going to propose something that I'd like you to help me with. Tomorrow, Tuesday, is Shrove Tuesday, which is the final day before Lent, isn't it? Before uh, Ash Wednesday, when Lent begins. The traditional time when Christian folk give things up. Now, I'm not a Christian folk and I'm not used to giving things up. 
that I like. But I am wanting to take part in a experiment. I'm calling it No Bike Week, um, partly to reflect what I think is the rather lame attempts um, of government agencies to get us on our bikes with um, government-sponsored bike weeks. And so this is going to be a No Bike Week. This is going to be a week where you decide that you're not going to ride your bike. You're not going to allow yourself to ride your bike. And I want you to keep a diary of what happens. I want you to remember how you felt when you couldn't ride. You, you, you couldn't go to work on the bike. You couldn't go and do your shopping on the bike. You couldn't take that ride in the countryside. I want you to be part of a social experiment. And there are one or two folks out there who have responded rather badly to this uh, uh, proposal. They shall remain nameless, although they do tend to live on the London Fixed Gear Single Speed Forum. But I'm hoping that listeners to The Bike Show, listeners to Resonance FM, a little bit more broad-minded. So if you would like to take part in No Bike Week, drop me a line, thebikeshow at resonancefm.com, and I'll tell you more about it. You will feature on the show, if that's any kind of incentive. It's no incentive, and it certainly doesn't make up for not riding your bike for a week. And I have to say, this has to be an enforced um, absence from the bicycle. This can't be, you know, just because you're having your hip replacement, um, you're going to take part in no bike week. This has to be, you know, an able-bodied person who would be regularly out cycling, um, but has chosen, because of this experiment, not to ride on the bike. And you have to be prepared to, uh, to record how you felt um, what went through your mind, um, the frustration, or perhaps the joy. Perhaps, perhaps this will be the last time you ever ride your bike because, you know, having, having given it up, you realise what a stupid contraption a bicycle is and you're much happier on public transport or in your car or walking. But I want to find out what happens to people who are regular cyclists who give up their bicycles for a week. Resonance of M, 104.4. The first radio, it was a box with the cat's whiskers. Well, it's a little glass tube on top of a box. And to get the station, you had to twiddle a wire on this end here against a crystal in there, and that would change the station. But there was always a fight, because everybody wanted... There was only one set of earphones. Well, we are Resonance 104.4 FM. This is The Bike Show, drawing to a close. One life left, and their massed ranks are, are outside, beating down the door to get in to the studio but before they go um, here's a song which I recently picked up um, in uh, Brussels on a trip last week and it's all about the greatest the cannibal the mighty Eddie Max. until next week thanks for listening to a rather technically troubled edition of the bike show hope it's a little bit smoother next week ride safely enjoy the spring chapeau Il est
échappée. C'est le meilleur des coureurs sur la ligne d'arrivée. Il disparaît sous les Yeah.